0: Welcome to the Are Your Hands Full podcast, a step-by-step parenting podcast for your Jewish family. My name is Dr. S. Yaris and I hope you enjoy this episode. Purim should be about pleasure.
1: Purim is a happy day, a Yom Tov, a day in Kali that remembers a beautiful and tremendous nace that happened in our history, technically, It should be all about pleasure, all good, no bad. But since we're in Golas and since we're down here on the of HaTachton, there is no such a thing as pleasure without pressure, even under a chuppah. When we're at the most exciting, most simplistic a time, we break a glass. So, obviously, with Purim in and of itself, we are going to have pleasure and we're going to hope to give pleasure to our children and that they are going to enjoy the day, but tachlis is tachlis, and that day has to be brought together, usually by us, the women, and that gives us pressure. So the question is, and the question I always used to ask myself as a mother, what are my children going to remember about this day? What are their memories going to be of me on this day? Are they going to remember me as a symbol of pleasure, Or are they going to remember me as a symbol of pressure? In other words, because we are the ambassador from the Rebbeinu Shalom to these children carrying Torah and Yiddishkeit, I'm going to repeat that. Because we are the Rebbeinu Shalom's ambassadors to these children carrying and presenting and representing Torah and Yiddishkeit, we have to constantly ask ourselves, what will our children remember? What? is the impression we are giving over for our children about this yontif and any aspect of Yiddishkeit in general. That memory becomes messaira. What a child's memory is of us and who we were and how we behaved on this day, that becomes the messaira, that becomes the Purim that your child will transmit down to the next generation. And of course, if you stop and close your eyes for a minute and flash back to the Purims, Of your childhood you will probably remember certain aspects of pleasure and certain aspects of pressure both are inevitable but my question to you is at what percentage at what percentage is the pleasure and the pressure divided up and that's something I want you to focus on very much during the time that you're spending the 25 hours that demonstrates what Purim is and certainly that 25 hours before that which is Esther, and the 25 hours after that which is Shushan Purim that 3 day period especially this year where it goes comes over a Shabbos that 3 day 4 day period becomes the Yantif, it becomes a time that's very very hectic now one of the best ways to decide whether or not you're interpreting Purim as pressure rather than pleasure is to try to ask yourself how much of my own ego, how much of my own self esteem is wrapped up into this Yantif how much am i doing for their bullshit and how much am i doing for me and the best way to understand this is to listen to a story that i'm going to tell you which i completely made up that means it's entirely fictitious it never really happened but it's a good story because it helps us visualize and helps us integrate into ourselves to understand some of the antif we're doing for ourselves and some of the antif we're doing for their bones shalom, and how important it is to make sure that the amount that we're doing for ourselves is kept to a bare minimum. There was a woman, and she had Bar Hashem, many children, she was raising a family, and it was Purim time. And it was um, about two, three weeks before Purim, and she decided that she is going to make small little kakush cakes and she is going to wrap them pretty, and they're going to be her shlachmanes together with a bottle of wine, and she was all excited. She made a list of how many she needed. She bought the right amount of ingredients. She made batch after batch after batch after batch after batch. She was a very good mother. She was a wonderful mother, and she made sure only to get involved with this type of project while the children were in school and when the babies were napping, and she really was organized. She had it all set together. She wasn't one of these last-minute people. She really tried, and um, she timed herself to the point where the last batch of cuckish cakes that she was going to make was going to be the day before Thomas Esther and um, she got herself all together, and she bought her flour and her yeast and everything she needed, and she went and made the batch, and the batch flopped. Something went wrong, and the yeast wasn't good, and the batch flopped, and she was missing a couple of kukkish cakes from her list, and she didn't have enough. So she decided not to get too hysterical, and she ran out, and she got more ingredients, and she decided to make the next batch in the morning of Tannis Esther, where the children were still in school, but they were going to be coming home a little bit early. By 12 o'clock, she would have to be out for the first school bus, but she told herself it's okay, it's enough time, and she was doing fine, and of course it didn't go exactly the way she wanted and it ended up happening that the first school bus came home before she was done and the second school bus came home before she was done and she was left with two little ones or three little ones running around while she was finishing up these last minute for the vashlachmanes and um, at one point, her little Schleimala, who was four and a half years old, came over and started tugging on her skirt, Mommy, could you read me a story? Mommy, could you read me a story? Mommy, could you read me a story? Because a child, when they sense that their parent is not there for them, begins to feel unsafe and a little bit insecure, and one of the ways of asking Mommy is, Mommy, are you still there? Mommy, are you still my Mommy? Mommy, can I trust you? Mommy, is everything okay? Even if it's Erev Perman and happens to be at a good time, one of the ways a child will phrase that to a parent is, Mommy, can you read me a story, which is logical. And um, this woman said, I'm in it, I'm in it. In another minute, I'm going to read you a story. I'm in it. One minute, one minute. And he kept going. Can you read me a story? And then the inevitable happened, and she plots, and she turned to him, and she said in a loud voice, me, one minute, can't you leave me alone? Can't you leave me alone? Those poisonous words. And the child just retreated into the corner, and she finished up her cookish cake, and that was the end of the story. Basically, Purim came and Purim went and Shleimala grew up to be an adult and this woman went through many Purims and many Pesachs and raised a beautiful family and had loads of Yiddush from all of them and after 120 years, her time came and she went upstairs and she got upstairs to, <coughs> to the Himmel and their Rabbi Shalom did what he does for all of us, what we are told that he does. He goes over the person's entire life and he stops episode by episode, and he wants to know what each thing is, and a person has to stand a certain level of din to be to explain all the things that happened in their lives. And the Bannisham was cruising to remember this story is entirely a figment of my imagination. It did not happen. And the Bannisham cruised through this woman's life, and he got to this particular Purim, and she, he saw that she you know, she made the cuttush cakes and got to Tanis Esther, and, and we see a picture of her screaming at the Shleimala, can't you leave, leave her alone? And the Rav turns to this woman and says, what happened here? What happened here? You screamed like that on my Shleimala? So the woman was quaking in her shoes. She said, I was doing this for you. I was doing this for you. I was making Mishloch Manas. I was doing a mitzvah. I was under such pressure. I was doing a mitzvah. I was doing it for you. And the Rabban turned to this woman and said, for me? You're making kakash cake for me? I made kakash cake for you. I made greens. I made Stern's. I made all the other companies that make kakash cake. I already made you kakash cake. My kakash cake wasn't good enough, the Rav Shalom said. My kakash cake wasn't good enough. It had to be your kakash cake. So let's not tell the Rav Shalom, Rav Shalom, we were doing it for you if you're really doing it for, for yourself. You know what? The does make us kakash cake. He makes us lots of things. He makes us challahs. He makes us potato kugels. He makes us everything we need. Everything we need, he makes for us. The problem is, is that we don't want his. We want our own. And ask yourself, before you put yourself under pressure that's going to cause you to scream at a child, leave me alone, if it's going to get to a point where it's going to cause you to exhibit such pressure, that the child is going to walk away thinking of Purim as a leave-mommy-alone time, then something's not right. Maybe we ought to just eat their Barn Shlom's kakosh cake. So that's a good barometer or a good demonstration of how we should understand how much of the yantis are we doing for ourselves. And that's important for each and every person to take a look at themselves and make sure they're doing it for the Rabbanu Shalom. So are you the type that has to have all your children in matching costumes and all the Mishloach in a matching theme? I promise you, the Rabbanu Shalom didn't ask for that. He didn't ask for that, he doesn't need it, he doesn't want it. So you're not doing it for him. You're not doing it for him, you're doing it for yourself. Are you the type that feels that my mishloch Manas has to look a certain way because people expect from me a certain way? Remember, you're not doing that for their brachosham; you're doing that for yourself. And children, really, in order to learn about the yontif in an accurate way, need to see you do it for their brachosham because that's
0: what's going to carry them through the mesayra. Thanks for listening to my podcast. My name is Dr. S. Lovitz and I am the director of Handsful, which is committed to the provision of community education in the area of behavior management and cognitive development of children. Send me your parenting questions by going to my website at handsfulchinuch.com, or by WhatsApping me at 718-714-8595. I look forward to hearing from you, and remember. No matter how impossible things may seem, the Earth will continue rotating on its axis.